In 2008, after years of public course play, 61 golfers with a dream joined the Brick Companies to privatize the golf club at South River. Nearly 10 years and hundreds of members later, the golf club at South River is one of the most pristine golf clubs in the area. Join us as we talk to some of the members, the staff, and even one of the founding members as we discover what makes this club the choice for our Annapolis area neighbors. Hello, and once again, we're here at the Golf Club at South River to bring you the next installment of our short series on the local business that you may not know too much about. Today, we are continuing the series on the Golf Club at South River and hope to bring a bit of the links to your ears. This is John Fernay with Ion Annapolis, and I am joined today by Paul Matthews, who is one of the founding members of the club, not just any member, but a founding member. Welcome, Paul. Hi. Good to be here. <laughs> All right. You're a founding member. I know numbers are important. What number? We're actually number four. You're number four. So you didn't get in line quite quick enough, but it was pretty darn quick. Well, it was actually my wife's favorite number, so it was her, her request that we be number four. <laughs> there, 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 there you go. Wise man to always defer to the wife. Absolutely. <laughs> well, the Golf Club of South River is celebrating a decade as a private club. And as a founding member number four, I got to what, what did you see 10 years ago? In, in this. I mean, it was it was a public course. We know that before. Did you did you play on it when it was a public course? Uh, yes, I did. I play, played on it a couple of times. Uh, you know, at the time, I've been a golfer for a number of decades. And uh, when we were in the Annapolis area, uh, we were looking for, you know, a, a private club. And uh, there really wasn't anything outside of uh, the Navy club. You'd have to go north or, or south, and uh, it just wasn't anything convenient. So, you know, we played a lot of the public courses, you know, in the area here, which is good. You know, we enjoyed that, but there's nothing like uh, a private course. Uh. Well, what what did you see a decade ago when they decided, said, well, let's take this public course here in Edgewater and make it into a private club that well, made you say, hey, I need to jump on this boat? Yeah, there was a couple of things. And, and, I, and I think, uh, you know, primarily the big distinction that we saw here as opposed to other private clubs, was the underwriter, which was the brick companies. We knew of the brick companies, uh, you know, prior to South River. Sure. And uh, we knew what a, a good, successful uh, company that it was in managing real estate. It wasn't Billy Bob's bait and tackle taking on the <laughs> Exactly. And they've been in business, uh, you know, over 100 years now. They stepped forward and said, look, this is something that we want to do, and we're going to, to stand behind this. And a lot of times what you see in the golf business um, is developments, uh, you know, have big ideas and for a variety of reasons, they don't, they don't pan out. Uh, or you'll have a private club that's been around for a while and they'll lose membership for a variety of reasons. Clubs start to deteriorate and uh, then you, you start having assessments and so on and so forth. But their concept was very different. They knew, they knew how to manage real estate. And they knew that there was going to be a big commitment on their part uh, from a financial standpoint and also from a time standpoint in order to build it to where they, th they thought they could, could bring it. Um, so I think primarily the big discriminator for me was the brick companies. Well, I know it was funny. When we talked to Lex, he had said that Exxon, I believe, was developing this property at one point, And they had decided that they wanted to go with somebody local, which was really a huge thing for this. I mean— the Bernies obviously is, as you know, know the area. They have other businesses in the area. Their headquarters, the brick company's headquarters is a stone's throw from where we are right now. Uh, and they've been a very good corporate citizen. I mean, way back in the days with Chesapeake Sailing School and uh, the environment and the environmental building that they've got there as well. 
And that's another important important aspect to that is because they were local. Mm-hmm. Uh, this wasn't some big, you know, outside uh, developer, or big corporation coming in, uh, you know, to change this place. And on 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 beyond that, uh, we watched South River, uh, the whole development area develop. When we first moved here, it was all woods. So we saw that happening over a period of time, and uh, you know, we we saw it transform itself in, into what it's become today. So we knew that there were the, the foundation was there to build upon, and we just felt very strongly that the brick companies were, were in a unique position to be able to realize the potential here. When you talking about the transformation, the transition, and everything else, what have you what have you seen in your ten plus years of the golf club at South River when it was called? What was it called? I don't even remember what it was called when it was public. Church. South River Golf Course, or something. something like that. I don't remember myself to be quite honest with you. Well, uh, where where do we start? Uh, there are some things that are that are still here that were here when when we started. I think, and maybe John had shared this with you. We were here when they they started with the the card tables and the paper plates and and the hot dogs. So that's been a been a theme throughout the whole thing. Hot, yeah. hot dogs on the barbecue. Yeah. So you had to start somewhere, and uh, you know that that was was kind of funny in the, in the first season that we were here. The pavilion uh, was here and continues to you know, support a lot of different functions. The main building here that we're in right now uh, was a very different format. Um, basically, it was a standard size building with a pro shop. Uh, in the middle, they had cart barns underneath of the building, and up top was a few offices. So it was a very okay. basic building. There wasn't anything outstanding about it. Pretty utilitarian. It. Yeah, and they had a they had a, a very uh, a basic uh, food service, uh, mainly designed for for golfers as they were moving through the course, but not not a sit down type of thing. And look at us now. Exactly. Um, I mean, I know the big thing that everyone has mentioned that I've spoken with is the addition last year of the patio. The patio is was actually in a long term plan. Probably a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, that were here. And this is the other thing that I thought was very unique about the brick companies is that they didn't come in and say, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, you all need to follow. They said, this is what we would have envisioned. And we'd like your all's help to help us get there. So what they did is they set up an advisory board and they asked a few of us uh, to join the board. And we started out uh, meeting in their offices and I forget the frequency, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess maybe monthly or, or every other month. And they solicited ideas from us. Uh, and to their credit, they, they listened to a lot of what we said because you could see what they actually executed. So this is a, this is a brick company built facility yet a member formed facility. Yes. To a degree. I mean, you've really sort of formed the direction and the way it, way it is moving yes. there. And one of the things that uh, I talked to Mike about early on is because they were weighing the idea of how much investment do we make uh, you know, and when do we make it, you know, working towards, you know, building not only the facilities, but at the same time trying to build the membership and trying to find that balance. And what we ended up uh, doing was basically taking one project per year over a five-year plan. So initially, they started out with uh, just doing uh, the, the bunkers, re- rebuilding the bunkers. They were okay. in bad shape at the time. There were too many of them on some of the holes, um, and a lot of the holes, they didn't drain well. So they, they reshaped uh, a, a lot of the bunkering, and it really enhanced the course. 
And then they uh, invested into the practice facility. At the time, the practice facility was only in irons only, and it was you know very rudimentary. It wasn't anything that was nice to look at. So uh, they made a big investment there and became not only the facility that it is today, but allowed us to take lessons. They even had a division, although they never did it, but they had a division of actually having a little par three on the uh, driving range at different times. Um, so I think that's why they set up flags and bunkers out there. From there, what we did is we looked at the building itself. And uh, instead of trying to do everything at once, it was more of an incremental thing. So initially what they did is they took the pro shop that was on the main floor, uh, moved it out to a, um, a trailer, and then redid the, uh, what is now the bistro downstairs into a, a nice bar and, and restaurant. It is, a be- it is a beautiful room down there. And next, next week, we're going to be talking with uh, Chef Frederick Daniel a little bit about the food service there. Are you a lifetime golfer? Uh, I like to think so. I, I started uh, when I was in college, and uh, I, I guess I got away from it for a few years and, and got back to it in the late 80s. Life, to, life tends to interfere. Life, life interferes. <laughs> Where did you go to school? I went to the University of Virginia. As, as you've seen the club grow, I mean, obviously it's uh, grown by leaps and bounds in the last decade since you came on board. What are your thoughts? What would you like to see looking forward for the next 10 years? Yeah, that's a good question. And, uh, you know, some of the things that I'd like to see has actually uh, started to happen. And I, when I first met John and first met Mike, we talked about expanding the game of golf to a larger population. At the time, we had a pretty good membership in terms of, of men, and, and uh, the women's group was growing. But what we forgot was uh, how difficult this game is uh, to come into, just, just strictly from learning how to play the game and being on, on the, the size of a, of a course like this. So uh, I brought up the idea of really trying to focus on uh, women and, and on juniors. And one of the ways you can do that is make the course more playable by shortening it. So we went back and forth about some ideas and I came up with the family tees. So okay. those are the family tees that you see out in the fairway, which shortens the course and allows uh, young players or novices to, uh, to play the game and, and not be so intimidated. I played a course yesterday in Central Maryland that um, had some pretty intimidating par fives. You know, somebody like that's been playing golf for a while, you get to a par five and you think, oh, this is great. You know, a couple of big whacks and, you know, and plenty of room Pretty to great. hit it, you know. And but if you're a novice golfer and you look out there, you're just like, oh, my God, I'll never get there. Sure. Uh, and, you know, we forget that. Uh, every once in a while, I'll, I'll play with a novice golfer. And we all started there with something to uh, as a reminder of what, what you know, where, where you were at one point. So I think growing the game, uh, you've heard that a lot, I think is real important. So they've been very good about trying to understand the different types of memberships to offer. So, for example, they had a senior membership that they came up with that, that said you can play the course anytime you'd like, Monday through Friday. Well, you know, okay. seniors are, you know, they're retired mostly. Sure. And, you know, they let the weekend, uh, you know, be for the folks that are, that are working full time. So that, that was a smart thing to do. And they've come up with some other ideas as well. I know they've got the social memberships and the family memberships and the fitness memberships and everything yes, else, which is the fitness uh, uh, expansion was uh, was really good. That was the second phase. This building was built actually in, in two phases. And you mentioned earlier about the patio. The patio was actually a third phase. Okay. So um, it was initial phase was the bistro downstairs. Then the second phase was the building that you see here with the with the great room out here and uh, and the facilities in the first floor with the locker rooms and and the and the fitness center. And then the the third phase is what was just built last year. So that was something that they had actually planned to do several years ago. 
You mentioned that you golfed at another course in Central Maryland this week earlier. Where does South River fall in your experience as far as a challenging course? And I don't know that a challenging course is necessarily what what you want, as opposed to just an enjoyable course. It's a good question. Uh, When we first started here, uh, South River, in terms of of maintenance, uh, was about pretty average. And I felt that it was a difficult course. One of the things I said to my wife, who's also an avid golfer, is that if we get good playing this course, we're going to be able to play any course you know, pretty comfortably. So one of the things they did in addition to the bunkering, um, they actually changed some of the holes. They have a short par four now that used to be a par five, much more playable. They also uh, uh, opened up the fairways a little bit. They took down a lot of trees, opened up some areas that you could actually play from. There's still a lot of carries on this course, but they, they did things to improve the play playability of the course. So I think that the course today, you know, if I think about what it was 10 years ago, is much more playable than it was, but it's still a very challenging course. I guess that's the best of both worlds. Yeah, it, it is. It, it is. And uh, and I think what used to be the front nine, now the back nine, is, is probably more playable than uh, than the other nine across the road. I've asked a couple of the other members, what's your most challenging hole on the course yourself? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I usually struggle with, uh, you know, some of the par threes, but uh, I got to say, well, I'm trying to think now that it used to be number 14, but it's now, I guess it would be number five. It's a short dog lay to the left. Okay, so we got we got numbers all over it because I asked. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it requires two precise shots to make okay. part on that hole. Two has proven to be challenging to some of the other members from what, I, from what I'm hearing, but it's. Uh, oh, that that's the old number 11, and that is a very difficult hole. You make par on that hole, you've done a good job. What wisdom does a founding member have as we wrap up uh, for a new member coming in or something, somebody coming in? Any words of wisdom that you might offer? Well, just know that uh, the the place that you see here today uh, has been through a lot. There's been a lot of commitment from a lot of people to get it where it is today. No club or golf course is perfect. Every course uh, could use improvement. So, you know, I would say as words of wisdom would be to be patient. Talk to the management here because they they do tend to listen and be responsive. And if you see areas for growth, uh, not only in the game, but in the club itself, uh, you know, feel free to, to speak up because they do listen. That sounds pretty solid to me. Hey, Paul, thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for asking. Thanks for taking a few minutes to learn about the golf club at South River. If you missed the other episodes, please go back and have a listen. Next time, as we wrap up our series, we delve into the food with executive chef Frederick Daniel. Members want to be here. It's no longer about the golfing experience more than it is the social experience. And and members are beginning to see that the club offers a total value. Uh, it's, it's a lot more uh, of an electric environment. And since greatness does not come without sacrifice, we'll also be checking in with the club's fitness director, Jesse Cooper. The Golf Club at South River welcomes you to be a member for a day. Enjoy a round of casual golf, meet our members and staff, and enjoy the private club lifestyle as our guest. Call for your visit today. Beth is ready to show you around. 410-798-6004. 410-798-6004.